Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Michael and I will share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again?, for more information on Michael or myself or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, your co-hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Hi, and welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, May the 12th, 2016. And our call-in number is 646 Two hundred four one six nine. Press one, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions, because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Well, thank you, dear heart, and welcome everybody for this uh, opportunity once again to talk about first-century Arabic forgiveness. And how it can be applied to our lives to change the dynamics of, well, virtually everything. And people say, well, how is that possible? How could one thing change everything? Well, when you come to the point of understanding, first of all, let's listen to Einstein. One of my favorite quotes from Einstein is where he says, on such things as matter, we have been all wrong. What we have heretofore called matter is energy, energy whose vibrations have been so lowered as to be perceptible to the senses. There is no matter. So here's Einstein telling us there is no physical or material world. It doesn't exist. And when you realize that there is no physical world, then you start to have to think about what is really going on in that case and recognize that we live in not a physical world, but an energetic world. All is energy. All is frequency. All is vibration. Realizing that, how does the eye come to see a physical world? Well, we have this digital to analog converter called a human mind. That is that this human mind has at least five different frequency receivers, sensors, we call them senses, that bring in different energies. And all they bring in is energy. You know, if you think that you know, a, a tree goes into your eye when you look at a, what you call a tree, you're mistaken. What goes into your eye when you look at a tree is light energy. That's all. No tree. I promise. Nobody sticks a tree through your eye into your brain so you can see a tree. 
And if there's no light in the space, you're not going to see a tree because you've never seen a tree anyway. What happens when I say I see a tree? Well, if there's light energy in the room, then light energy carries information. And that information entering my eye resonates whatever frequencies I have that match what I call a tree. And when I recognize that that frequency coming into my mind resonates whatever I hold about a tree, you know, if I fell out of a tree yesterday and I look at that same tree, I may cringe in pain, won't have anything to do with the tree, but I'll say that tree causes me to cringe. No, the frequencies you hold in you cause you to cringe. And so the brain, once we receive the frequency of light that carries information about what we call a tree, that frequency through resonance causes certain things to move in me. And what moves in me produces the world that I see. Recognizing that what moves in me produces the world that I see If what moves in me is pain around what I perceive to be a tree, then I'll experience the pain or the tree is causing my pain. If what moves in me is joy and pleasure at the sight of the tree, then what I will perceive is joy and pleasure in my perception of a tree. The perception itself is a construct of the mind. Now, that doesn't mean there's nothing out there. All we're offering is that you do not see directly what's out there. You see what your brain constructs of its understanding of whatever it is that you look at. So we're going to call that, in the context of this work, reality. So a dozen of us stand around and look at a tree and a dozen different people each have a different reality. Recognizing that, different frequencies, each of us perceives everything differently. When you can engage in tools that change frequencies, you have the opportunity to start to shift and change everything in your life. And I'll just, uh, I'm going to interrupt because I just got a text. And uh, yesterday we were talking about uh, Monica Wilson and asking everybody to hold a space from her. And the text just came in. Actually, my phone rang as I was starting the show and I didn't answer it, and I just got a message from that person that Monica just passed away. So, so let's just hold a space for Monica and her son, Brendan. Bless her heart, I tried to call her yesterday. I was hoping to get to speak with her uh, before she left, and uh, I guess uh, from what uh, Peggy tells us, she was uh, so so drugged that she just wasn't capable of answering her phone. So. Let's just hold anybody who knew Monica, just hold a picture of her. If you didn't know her, her name was Monica Wilson. And let's just see her. 
being supported, nurtured, cared for, and loved. Send her the energy, the frequency of light and love as she makes a transition to whatever's next in her world. And for her son, who, as we had said in the show the other day, we were asking to hold a space of love for him, too, because he's locked it away in a high-security prison. Very nice young man. We got to meet him just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, let's just hold Brendan in that same space of love as we tap into Monica's energy and hold the space for her to move forward in her life. Frequencies. Frequencies leaving a body behind so that the body no longer has the animating force of a human life. It's all energy. And once I recognize that I'm an energetic being, then I begin to acquire tools that support shifting the energetic dynamics of my life. And as I do that, and I breathe, which is one of the major ways of shifting energetic dynamics within myself, I get to change everything. Now, when this promise is made that when you engage in energetic tools, you get to change everything, it's interesting. Sometimes people will engage in those tools and turn around the next instant in a rage and say, well, you know, I used that silly tool you gave me, and boy, everything didn't change in my life. Well... Everything's not going to change overnight. You know, I, I get people who it's, it's almost like the call and say, well, Michael, you know, I got five bucks in five minutes. Tell me everything you know. Tell me everything that your 50 years of study and internal work has done and how I can do it in the next five minutes. Well, it's not going to happen that way. It is a process. This healing is a process. And when you recognize that, Healing is a process. You recognize that the energy to be engaged in to bring healing, the energy that begins to shift the root of all pain or trauma is the active presence of love. If you hold a newborn child, if you've ever held a newborn child, You know what love is. That's the master solvent for trauma, is bringing forward conscious, active, present love to liberate us from what in many cases is generations of drama and trauma and pain. So we're here to hold the space for that and to invite you, if there's any frequency that you're carrying in your life that you're experiencing that's less than love and you need support in healing it, we've got a whole community of people from all around the globe that are on the show every day in the practice of holding the space of love for whatever they hear, for whatever's going on in your life. So you have a whole, uh, a whole community of people that are here to support you. And Jeannie, is Dr. Tim with us? He is, and he's on. Well, let's say hello to the young man and see how he be. Hey, Tim. I'm doing well, thank you. Awesome. Enjoying the day. Enjoying sharing the tools with people and helping um, 
one person at a time, people discover that we all work the same way, and um, we all have our own hopes and fears and our own triggers and our old energies to dismantle and get clear about, and and it's quite the. You mean everybody's sometimes. got a. You mean everybody's got a unique set of frequencies to work through? <laughs> exactly, and everybody has the frequencies, and everybody's made up of the frequencies. That's and it, it. it's it's a shock to some people's um, realities because a lot of people walk around with a reality that I'm the only one who has this, and um, and there's. You know, it's all, you know, you've said this a few times in different talks. Your suspicion is we're going to find out one day that we're all one thing. We're all one mind. We're all parts and fragments of the one light. And um, that can be observed in bits and pieces along along the journey. And I think everybody who does that is a little bit better for it every time they do it. What's the quote you have about um, if we could but see all of the hidden pain and sorrows of our enemy, it would be enough to dismantle all hostilities? Absolutely. If we can hold to that active space of love. It's such a powerful, just such a powerful thing to be aware of and and, uh, to watch how it transforms people's lives. Yeah, and with the application of tools and the diligent, persistent application of the tools, it's just lovely. Just lovely. I would say it's it's every bit as lovely as a tree. So I'm feeling blessed. I am feeling uh, gratitude for the sessions I've already had this morning and the sharing of the tools and the people who are getting it and waking up one one issue at a time, one event at a time, one work of forgiveness at a time to dismantle what doesn't belong in them and return their awareness to their true nature as love. One worksheet at a time, one tapping session at a time. I'm just feeling blessed. Awesome. Well, I had um, had gotten a text from someone who... Uh, who shared with me that they'd taken the tool of the breath to uh, to work with uh, a friend of theirs, and this person had such intense and deep back pain that they decided that, or they were on the verge, it sounds like, uh, of perhaps maybe going and getting back surgery done or something like that. It, it just endured it long enough. And this person offered them a uh, still point session and spent three hours with them in that still point session. And because in one still point session, all of her back pain was not gone, she was in disturbance toward the friend who offered her that support. Well, gee, you know, I thought this was supposed to change everything. And uh, do, do you have anything to share, Tim? I know that in some of the past shows uh, you've uh, shared some of the uh, the experiences you've had in dealing with back pain. And 
what kind of shifts you've seen occur. Perhaps uh, she could share this show with uh, with this woman if um, if we can give her some insight into that process. Well, one of the things that popped into my head when you started and you said using the breath work and with back pain is I had a woman a couple of years ago, <clears throat> maybe three years ago now, come into my office and she was limping and holding her back and I said, you know, you're obviously in pain. Did you fall or have a, you know, an injury? And she said, no, I think I just overdid it in this exercise program I was doing. And she'd gone from a Pilates routine that was very rigorous, six or seven days a week, and started working with somebody who does a much more aggressive running through tires and carrying weights and things like that, medicine balls. And so she attributed her back pain to that. Uh-huh. And so I, I said to her, you might want to consider the possibility that there's an emotional c- component to that pain. And she now she's known me for years at that point, and she looked at me like I was from Mars. <laughs> right. And I, and, and, and I clarified that I'm not saying it's all about the emotions or that you're not in, really in pain or that there isn't a physical component. I'm just saying... So then she went on to describe her real concern, and that is that she's got this back pain that's so bad that she may not be able to be on the flight for her week-long vacation that was coming up in 10 days. And then she talked about being on the vacation, and part of the problem was she'd have to leave her cat alone, and her cat is basically her child, and her cat doesn't like it when she's gone. and Then she launched into a story about how her cat had to go to the vet and the cat was crying, and she had to go outside the vet's building because she couldn't stand the cat crying. And as she told the story in my office, she was sobbing, crying. So I just coached her to breathe and do some tapping, and I, I asked her to just take a breath and figure out if she'd ever felt this kind of upset ever in her life before with this specific flavor around, you know, an animal in pain or whatever. And she went back to a time when she was 9 or 10 years old and she had the memory of her dogs being in the garage locked away on a hot summer day getting tortured by her mean stepfather and she burst into tears again and I coached her to just breathe and cry through it and hold the space and remember that she's an adult and we're in my office and the next thing you know she reached for a piece of Kleenex and she put her hand on her back and she said wow that's weird it doesn't hurt as much and by the time she left she had no pain and she texted me or emailed me that the next day and said I just canceled the appointment I had with my orthopedic surgeon we were talking about having surgery to fuse my back. A week later, she reported she made the trip, no pain. It didn't return. We saw. I saw her a year later. The pain never came back. So breath is one thing. Awareness of energies I'm holding that I'm afraid to look at is another thing. Specific techniques for dealing with trauma in the hands of somebody who's experienced to help guide me there 
can help me face what I don't want to face within myself. And when I do, it dissolves because it's just energy, as you said in the intro. So that's what I would offer. Awesome. Awesome. That will probably be very helpful for her. And, of course, you offer the story of, of someone who, who got that kind of instant resolution, who stood in that space of that kind of willingness and, of course, had the kind of support you were able to offer. And I've seen the other side of the coin where people have to revisit something many, many, many times over. You know, you go back to Yeshua and they said, you know, Paul or uh, Peter says to him, you know, how many of these worksheets do we have to do? How many times do we need to forgive? Is seven enough? And in Aramaic, his response was no. It was 77 times 70. That oftentimes we'll revisit an issue layer by layer by layer because sometimes it takes more processing power to work through something than one has got the first time they visit a particular piece of work. And, of course, you had someone who's done years of work with you and uh, so had some trust and uh, and experience with the tools and moving energy. And that's what well, it's all about, on, moving energy. And on the other side of the coin, I do a, a specific energy technique that incorporates the acupuncture meridians. And I have a partner, and we've been doing it on each other almost every week for the past 10 years. And when I do, when I find out what the issue is today and the energy and the emotion about it today, then I just ask if there was an earlier time in my life that that, that same dynamic and those same thoughts and same emotions were, were there. And there was this dynamic that kept coming up as we did this work where I would go back to age three. Not every week, but you know, enough times, three or four times out of ten, two times out of ten. At, at, at some point, my partner grew frustrated because I had quite an emotional upset going in my life in my real life in the daytime uh, I mean just you know, like a year or so ago two years ago and it went back to age three and she said ah geez we're just not getting this and I said well just give it a minute because this seems to me to be a different aspect of the same dynamic the same interactions, the same age, but there's a different aspect of it. And so she relaxed, and we went through the process. It happened two more times, past the point where she was getting frustrated, thinking nothing really was shifting. And then I had an interaction with my youngest sister where I had this huge release, and it was all about that same dynamic because my youngest sister was born when I was three years old and she was physically ill and they wouldn't let us as family members, as kids, go hug her or play with her or be around her. She was isolated from us. And what I downloaded as a three-year-old was my desire to help her or send her love or heal her or whatever. And in my life as a 60-year-old all these years later, 
I was finally able to do something that was useful and helpful for my youngest sister. And she thanked me after I'd been doing all of this emotional work. And in the process of her thanking me is when I had that huge release and finally made the connection. But I'd been working on that issue. It had been coming up in this energy work and in my worksheets and in my tapping and breath sessions for years before that all came together. And I released a deeper level of my whatever pain about not being able my conclusion that my pain was that I wasn't able to help her when she was younger awesome yep that's been my experience it goes by layers and levels and uh, one of the things that I personally have uh, have found over the years is that patience is a big piece of the puzzle in the process and I know that things that I've dealt with in my own body in my own life over the years that I've come to the point of seeing the process long enough and often enough to know that you can trust it and you've got to be with it. You've got to let it unfold. You know, the demand that it be instant can be the major block to moving anything. The willingness to embrace and be with each layer, each level, and as you say, each aspect. You know, there's also that issue of the vitality meter. And when you recognize that you know, if we imagine that we had a vitality meter that went from 1 to 10, and we've got somebody that's, let's say, at a level 5 vitality, and let's say the issue that they're working on around, in this case, this woman's back pain, is a level 7 issue. Well, her mind might demand, I want to open this thing up and get rid of it today, but at a level 5 vitality, if she opened a level 7 toxicity, literally the release of that energy could physically kill her. Literally that big a toxic release, if I'm not vital enough to handle it, can be dangerous. And so thank God we don't always get our wish in that regard, and we get to peel away and chip away piece by piece by piece. And one of the things that comes up in that context is the resistance to working through a particular issue. But the person is at a level five vitality, and that's one of the reasons, for instance, in our intensives why we introduce a lot of different things that support people in building vitality. You know, the, the total fresh and raw dietary regimen that we do, the awesome food program at Heartland, is designed to give people live, high-enzyme, high-vitality food to build their vitality. So the person who comes and is at level 5 and, you know, spends 10 days eating total fresh and raw food is building, 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 and maybe peaks out to an 8. And at that level 8, all of a sudden, that level 7 issue is banging right there in their face. And, you know... It always amazes me, and once again, because I've been doing this for so many years, and I'm sure you would probably share this, a similar uh, thought, is that I've, I've grown to trust the process, and I know, and I watch, and I introduce people to every tool that I know of that will support them in building vitality, moving the energy, undoing the blocks, and letting things go. And you just never know exactly what and where and when the this peak in vitality is going to come. It might be, you know, at Heartland, it might be when somebody's just walked down to the lake with someone and had a really powerful, 
intimate, supportive conversation that they connect with this person on a very deep level and that connection boosts them from that level five vitality to a level eight vitality and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. And I, I can remember when I understood that aspect of it. This is not something that I've ever found taught anywhere in the world. And I, I can remember in the early days of doing this work, I, I would oftentimes say to myself, you know, why am I symptomatic? I'm doing all the right things. And then I realized that, oh, if I'm doing all the right things, I'm building my vitality. If I'm building my vitality, I can dig into things today that I couldn't touch yesterday. And when I take them out of suppression and hiding and I own them, I'm going to feel them. I'm going to get to experience them. And that's the moment at which I'm empowered to throw them away. And I'm not going to get to throw away a hundred generations of painful insanity in one particular session. It's going to take time. It's a process. And so the process is very powerful and very important to enter into and the trusting of the process. And another, another factor is, and I actually had this inside. I've shared it a couple of times since, uh, since the laws of living intensive at, um, in Orlando this summer was realizing that the way most people arrange their lives and this could be turned into a little bit of a commercial for intensives. The way most people arrange their lives is they set up so that they set it up so that they eat and sleep and work in a way, play in a way that they control and don't allow themselves to face what it is they don't want to face. Stepping into the environment of intensive where all of that is gone and the energetic dynamics begin to build empowers people to go to a level that most people just on their own will not choose to do. They might say they want to, but until that kind of empowering support is there, it can be tough to go to those levels and have to look at and deal and detox physically, mentally, and emotionally some of the deeper issues that go on, such as the one you just shared. So that's a, a powerful, that's a great example of uh, exactly what we would want this woman to know is you're going to have to build some skills. It's going to take some time. Now, of course, the alternative to that is Satan, and it's where most people in the world live. And we're talking about the Aramaic definition of Satan, not the, not the religious world's definition of Satan. If you go back to the actual Aramaic language, the original idea of Satan, first of all, it's a lowercase word. It's not a capital. It's not a dude with a red suit, a tail, and a pitchfork. That's craziness. But the word means in Aramaic, the resistor, one who misleads. And so here's this person who, you know, gee, you should have taken me through this. I should have, you know, you, I spent three hours with you. That when I go into resistance, this should have been done yesterday. And then I've got a whole story about how the problem is that. And by the way, the best definition of back pain that I've found in the world comes from a medical doctor, a surgeon, back surgeon named Sarno. Guy's in his 90s now. I understand he still practices up at the University of Buffalo Medical Center. He's a research uh, physician. And he says that back pain is unconscious rage. 
And for the person who sent me this note uh, about how they worked with this person through a breath session, it sounds like you're getting to be the object of some of their healing. So I'd support you and just, if you're on the show with us, let you just hold the space and breathe and be that active presence of love as she points the unresolved pain in herself at you. And to recognize that's just kind of part of what's happening. So it's kind of funny. I was sharing with Jeannie this morning that uh, there was a young man who came to Heartland back many, many years ago. And uh, over the years, we've communicated in it. At one stage, he, he owed Heartland some money, which he wasn't paying. And I you know, kind of confronted him and said, let's take care of this. And, and he just ripped me up one side and down the other. I mean, just rage. And I was sharing with Gene this morning that I just got a, a email from him addressing me as his dear brother. And, you know, those layers peel, those layers go, and once we realize that it's all about stuff, then we don't have to get lost in taking it personally. We don't have to get lost in taking it on. And we realize the blessing that if I do tend to take it on, it's because I have some of that energy in me, and it's my work to clean it up. It's my work of forgiveness. If somebody wants to rip me a new one and I go into all kinds of pain and trauma, it's my work. Thank you for the gift of showing me that I had that work to do. And so... It's all an energetic process, and uh, we're here to support people in building the brain cells for seeing everything through the eyes of energy, and when you do, everything changes. Any other thoughts before we check for callers, Tim? It feels good to me. All right. Well, Jeannie, do we have anybody with a hand up in the phone queue or anything happening in the chat room to be aware of? Uh, chat room's very quiet, but we do have a hand up, and I believe it's Miss Gail. 618, you're on the air. It is me. <laughs> well, hey there, young lady. Good to hear your voice. How are you today? I, I hit one as soon as you started the conversation about this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, hopefully, you'll I was going to hit this conversation. I I will. I will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but but first I'm gonna back up into acknowledging um I interrupted what I was talking about yesterday to um to say goodbye to my um my grandson and, and my daughter and we were talking about yeah. restoring eyesight and um there was two other things I wanted to share and this ties into this topic beautifully because my expectation of healing my eyesight was that it was gonna be a one worksheet deal. Just like that guy that you had talked about that discovered that he his hearing loss was due to not wanting to hear people calling him piggy or insult him or make fun of him, I was hoping that I'd have the same result as well, and that's not the case. And I accept that, um, that restoring my vision is going to be a 77 times 70 worksheet and many breath sessions because a lot of issues are underlying um my ability to not see um or probably generations of issues generations of issues and um and then what was uncovered at the intensive is that my my vision has always been blurry from my earliest memories and i could 
I can remember back to being the age of two and my, my vision being blurry. And so, um, like I said, uh, yesterday, um, uh, an injury, a head injury, a neck injury that we uncovered during the intensive as well, um, from falling off the diaper changing table at, at a very young age, I think has been one of the, one of the, um, issues and the other block is very early childhood sexual abuse issues and um, also uncovering being slapped in while crying inside the crib um, by my grandma um, that was uncovered during a breast session Um, I was very colicky at a young age and one of the um, one of the symptoms of of um, Attention deficit disorder is a colicky child, and um, my grandma always complained about me being colicky, and then I came up with the unconscious content during a breast session of being slapped while crying instead of um, being nurtured and held in a space of love. So there's a lot of things that are not safe to see and that contribute to my eyesight and and I've accepted that this is this is a process and I've also have got pinnacles of healing um uh, moments in time where I can see 2020 and I hold that as a beacon I've heard you talk about holding different things as a beacon and when I realized that I could see 2020 and and I took your suggestion and continued to take your suggestion of walking around without my glasses as long as possible and 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 holding that safety and and, and then I can see there there are points in time where I can see twenty twenty. I could see very well and then I hold that as long as I can hold it. And I also listen to my self-talk because there's a barrage of self-talk that feels unsafe to be able to see and, and holding my space and holding my space in that love and telling myself it is safe. It is safe. And, and so I've, I've accepted that that is a process for me and I wanted to, um, to share the rest of that piece for anybody else who is dealing with the same process. Awesome. To, to heal their vision. Awesome, and that's a great place for the Mind Shifter tool. You know, it's safe and healing yeah. for me to see and embrace every event in my life. can be a powerful Mind Shifter, and for those who are not familiar with the Mind Shifter tool, uh, what you do with that is you take a piece of paper. If that one resonates for you, take a piece of paper, divide it in two, and on the left-hand side of the page, write the Mind Shifter, and on the right-hand side of the page, Write every thought. Just take a couple hours. Phones are off. You're totally in your own space. And just do a brain dump. Write every thought that that resonates in you. And what often happens when one uses the, the, the mind shifter that's really tweaked for them is they'll find themselves, as they write, dropping into deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper hidden levels of the mind with the opportunity to let those things move. So Awesome. Would it be appropriate to share a little bit more about what you um, you shared in your text with me, asking the question about this? Absolutely. 
And I, and I think the main object of, of my asking you is that, I guess I have taken this on, and it is my healing to do. I, I am feeling responsible for the lack of results that she's having. So I, I wanted to acknowledge that up front. Um, we had a count uh, probably about a month ago. Um, this is a friend of mine that I know through the 12-step program, and she's had a history of resistance. Um, with me and suggestions that I brought up for her. And um, and so she's seen through my example of how much that I've changed in the past year, and she's gotten in so much pain with her back pain that she was willing to do anything. And I suggested, how about we do a still point breathing session? And I, I um, explained the three levels of mind, the un, the conscious, unconscious, I mean, the conscious, the subconscious, subconscious. and the unconscious mind, and right. where the veil of the temple is, and what we lock down energetically when we um, hold our breath. And then I also explained to her what happens, what can happen during a still point breathing session, how we're trying to free that unconscious content, and um, and what is in the body, you know, when we hold our breath. That could come up. And I explained all that to her. She was still in a lot. She was in a lot of um, pain while we were doing it. So I allowed a lot of allowances for stopping, uh, repositioning. And she's familiar with with um, some other breathwork healing modalities. And she's also familiar with meditation. She's also familiar with energy and and shifting. And so she was very much, for the first time of doing this, she was very much on point with stuff and what she um, was asked to do. And she knew that she wasn't going down, and I told her about the grief points. And I did do four of the grief points on her, and she immediately let go with the the right arm um, grief point. And she went into some trauma right away. And um, was able to release that. And then when I did the leg, that is when she, the right leg, she went into remembering um, that she wasn't able to express herself because her father beat her when she was an infant when she cried. And I thought that was amazing. I'm like, I, I'm taking right on track. I'm. I'm doing great. I'm doing great here. She's releasing, all stuff. and that's that's my ego. But I'm like I'm, I'm. I thought this was great. And then when I did the the left grief point leg grief point, she was able to go into some. She's Native American. She has some Native American in a ceremony where she thought that um, that she or this ancestor had been raped and as a point of being raped she had conceived and they had made a tribal decision to do an abortion and she was um or the the ancestor um was asked to drink something that created a spontaneous miscarriage and and so she was going through this pain of this generational pain and I thought that was amazing too, to be able to tap into that during a first breast session. And I thought that that may be attached to this back pain as well. And um, 
and she had another release as well, and I can't remember it off the top of my head. Um, but anyway, that that was what the complaint was, and I thought this is going to do it. And with also the understanding of that this is going to take a this is going to probably can take a lot more healings, um, a lot more sessions the introduction into doing um, worksheets, introduction into doing mind shifters um, and all the other tools available. And um, anyway, that was the complaint that I received today. And um, what came up for me was a feeling of failure, um, a feeling of, uh, of her sadness. Yes, Your that work. is my I, my work, absolutely, and I I do need to do all those. Um, but you'll have also to thank that. her. You'll have to yeah. thank her for the gift <laughs> of uh, the showing you that triggers. failure stuff. Because for me, to spend that much time with her, and you shared in your text, you spent three hours with her. To spend that much time with her and go to that depth, to touch into that kind of material, that to me is a hugely, hugely successful session that you shared I with her. I thought so as well. That you supported her in opening up her work. Now, if she's not willing to do her work, can you be responsible for that? Well, that's your stuff. Your guilt is your stuff to move through. But I would hold oh. to the truth of you facilitated facilitated a really powerful session. And by the way, you said that for the three hours you charged her $75. I yeah. mean, you gave her a gift beyond compare in that session. So I'd support you doing some worksheets around this. You know, I'm guilty. I don't do it right. There's something wrong with me. Hold to the space of what she opened is going to change her eternal life. And that is a gift beyond all measure that you gave her for $75. I mean, she got such a deal (laughs) that Okay, what, you know. what what do you and I suggested that I said, wow, what an opening um, for you, and and I said all those things as well. I didn't mention the money. Um, it, I um, it, what what else can I do for her? Is there anything else? Is there any other suggestions heal of anything guilt. that I could suggest to her? Heal my guilt. Heal okay. your heal your guilt fault failure syndrome, so okay. that. When she comes forward with this kind of stuff, you are the space of love. I mean, for her to learn to open and express, I mean, just let's just take one little piece of what you just shared that she opened. Wait, wait, She's Michael, before you go into that, Michael. Go for it. Before you go into that, I would just like to reinforce the point you just made. <clears throat> what you can do is what's yours to do. And the most <clears throat> excuse me, the most important thing to do here is quit trying to fix her and dismantle your guilt or your shame or your upset, either about not being appreciated or not being effective enough or whatever that is. This isn't about her. What already happened, okay. as Michael said, is a life altering gift for her. She can throw it away or she can make maximum use of it. That's her choice. Okay. 
That's what I needed to hear. That's the, that's the validation that I needed to hear. Absolutely. You know, what is mine? Yeah, what is hers? What else can I do? You're right on track. But just to look at, you know, and, and thanks for that input, Tim. That's just to reinforce that is yes. extremely Absolutely. important. And to just let's just look at one little piece that she opened in that breath session. Now, it's our birthright. You think about the newborn child that comes in as the presence of love, and they're such tender beings. And here's someone touches in, and, you know, many times the beatings that children receive is on their buttocks and on their back. And what happens is they lock and they stop breathing and they hold that energy into that tissue. And it sounds like you in, in, empowered her and supported her in being able to open some of that. But you look at the assault and the insult to that small child's energy that this person that's 30 times their size that their birthright is to experience this person as love is in such a, a, a state of mind that they actually physically strike out and hit the child. I mean, that's such a huge energy insult. I would say probably for her, you know, when they said to Yeshua, how many worksheets is seven enough? And he says, no, 77 times 70. That one little piece of the puzzle is probably one of her 77 times 70 worksheet issues. How many times has she had reinforced this whole idea that she can't express herself? I mean, that's a major piece of work that may take depending on her level of willingness and this, the commitment she has to it, that piece may take years to work through. And, you know, just giving her the gift of making her aware that that's a piece of the work to do is monumental, aside from all the other stuff that moved and came up. I mean, that's huge. And I suggest you adjust your session prices upward significantly. <laughs> And understood. Understood. I I, I got that. And we hold the um, space for her. I don't know who she is, but I I tap into her energy and support her standing in a space of willingness to go, wow, these are such life-altering events that I've touched into out of my genes and out of my body, and and I'm willing to, to continue to do my work to move through that. Somebody going into her back with a knife to try to – get around the nerves and whatever's being hit, that, that's tantamount to insanity. Yeah, that's, a, that's her next... She's when one realizes the work they need to do. Yeah, exactly. That's, what, um, that's her next option is having the nerves cut so she doesn't feel the pain anymore. Yeah. Okay. One of the things that uh, Dr. Sarno, again, he's a back surgeon, and, you know, like standard back surgery, he had his 5 to 10% uh, um, success rate in the early days when he's using a scalpel. Now he doesn't use a scalpel, and he has a 90% success rate with all kinds of back pain, teaching people that their back pain is their unconscious rage. And what he he offers as a surgeon, as a physician, is that, when you start tightening muscles and restricting blood flow, that all it takes for tissue to go into excruciating pain is a 5% reduction in oxygen to the tissue. 
That's all it takes for there to be excruciating pain in the back. And you look at, I mean, what, what kind of tightening do you suppose has become habitual for a child who, for simply crying, gets beaten by the person who's supposed to be cherishing her? And then how many times has she repeated that pattern of not being able to express, not having a space that's safe to express, and experience some sort of abuse? I mean, that's just such a, 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 a huge lifetime piece of work that... I congratulate you and acknowledge you for giving her that gift. And I'd invite you to share the show with her and let her listen to it. Okay, absolutely. Cool. Awesome. Well, any other thoughts in that regard? Any other uh, way we can support you? Questions? Uh, this this is what I needed, and um, I wasn't sure if this was, it was show content. Um, and so that's why I texted you, and I appreciate the Absolutely. time that you've taken out to, um, you know, to, uh, you know, acknowledge this, and, and you've answered all my questions, what can I do, and you've also answered the question of what is mine and what is hers, and that those are definitely my worksheets, and since this is what I want to do, I love doing, I appreciate, I love it. This is what I want to do. I found what I want to do, and this is to you have my purpose. Support. And and um, and so I need to look at what I need to process in order to be the best facilitator possible to hold that space for people and to continue to hold that space, even though she said it didn't work. <laughs> you know, I'm not out of pain. What else do I need to do? I, you know, I shouldn't have paid you this much. And and I know that I'm going to get a lot of that kind of feedback, and I need to be able to handle that feedback, and I need um, in order to go oh. forward and help others. Well, you've been in intensive, and you know what I'd be doing at the point where she said that to me. You know I'd be turning with my marker in hand to the board and writing all of the above. I mean, she uncovered something. Now it's time to go to work and clean it out, and she uncovered something so major that – you know, again, it could be a decade's work to clean that kind of assault energy and insult energy to human integrity as that deep uh, an issue. So, and I Absolutely. acknowledge. I want to. I want to acknowledge you for one the integrity of your work and the commitment that you keep moving forward with and you know I've seen some pretty intense layers come up for you and how your willingness works and that will transfer that will rub off and just the the skill set that you have developed so far in a, a pretty short time and are continuing and willingly developing to support people in doing that is monumental so thank, thank you. you and i appreciate um the time that i had with you to learn the grief points, that was really important um, to do that and to see the results um, of those of those points and um, the the other energy points too. I did an energy session on my daughter over the weekend um, for Mother's Day, and she dropped into some amazing places as well. And I. I'm grateful to be able to do that and hold the space and for people to have those kind of results. And um, 
and to heal from that, it, it's amazing. So thank you for the gift Yay. and trusting me with that gift and and supporting me with it. it very much in appreciation. Gratitude beyond awesome. words. Is- awesome. Well, and, and the gratitude's returned in the fact that you choose to take it and use it and pass it on because that's what it's going to take to change the insane dynamics of the world, and that's what we're here to do. So thanks for taking cool. the call, and thank you for letting me share, and, and um, I will step back and allow the rest of the, right. the show to unfold the way it needs to. I don't think there's Absolutely much time. Absolutely delighted. Thank you. All right. Blessings. Jeannie, do we have anybody? We've got a couple of minutes left. Anybody else with a hand up or anything happening in the uh, phone queue or, or anything for you to share with Gail? I know that you've been working with some people that uh, you've gone through some resistance with and experienced that. Do you have anything to uh, to share with Gail? Yeah, sure. Um, and nobody has a hand up and it's quiet in the chat room. But Gail, it doesn't matter how long that you've been doing this work. I mean, besides myself, I've also seen people go up against Michael and, and you know, say things don't work and, and all this. And, and being able to deal with your feeling, you know, like you're not good enough or you're not doing it right is the biggest thing that's going to be able to help you then to stand and face that. Um, there was I was doing a private session with this one lady, and it was actually about our third time around. And I kept stopping her in her story and giving her mind shifters or giving her worksheets or whatever to work on. And she got so mad. And she's like, you just won't let me talk. And I said, you know, if you want to pay me to sit here and just listen to you talk, then that's fine. That's what I'll do. I'll hush and I'll just listen. I said, but you're paying me to help you to to know, you know, what do I need to do? What worksheets do I need to do or whatever? And I said, so if you want feedback, I said, you're going to have to listen. I said, you're telling your story the whole hour that we're working. is not going to get you anywhere. It's just going to add energy to your issue. And she got really mad, and she had already paid for another session, and she has yet, and that's been two years, and she has yet to come back and do her last session. And I tell them there's no refund. I said, you know, I'll put it off, you know, you can reschedule. I said, but there's no refunds because you tap into somebody's stuff and they want to run and then they want their money back. (laughs) And it's like, no, that's not going to, and you and I have talked about the money issue before. And so doing some worksheets around feeling like you deserve it, because I know when we talked about setting the rates and things like that, and you were like, oh my gosh, I'm not worth that. And so that's a big one that you need to work on too, is, is that you are worth it. Absolutely. Thank you. You are welcome. Thank you. And to recognize that as a support person, you can hold people accountable if they become abusive toward you. You don't have to take that. I remember one session, one person that Jeannie was working with it. She just became so abusive toward Jeannie. And I finally jumped in and said, you know, had a, a responsibility accountability conversation with her. It's like, excuse me, nobody needs, just because your power person did that to you doesn't mean that you get to do that to me or to her. And so remember that you deserve to be treated lovingly, gently, and with respect. If someone doesn't, that's your work, but it's also appropriate to hold somebody accountable when they go into that kind of 
crazy conversation. So we hold the space, and we're honored that you're here once again. Just hold Brandon and Monica in that space of love throughout your day as you think of them, and create the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. Blessings. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and myself, Jeannie Rice, as we present the Internal Aramaic Process of Forgiveness. We are here every Monday through Friday from 1 to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael, myself, or Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org. A-G-A-I-N dot org.